and I hope it'll be a blessing to you. It's about the healing of the ten lepers. Now, this is very interesting, by the way. So look with me to Luke 17, and we'll start with verse 11. <clears throat> All right, now watch this. It, can, it says here, and it came to pass, as he went to Jerusalem, that he passed through the midst of Samaria and Galilee. And as he entered into a certain village, there met him ten men that were lepers, which stood afar off. And they lifted up their voices and said, Jesus, Master, have mercy on us. And when he saw them, he said unto them, Go show yourselves unto the priest. Now, isn't that weird? He didn't, he didn't heal them. He just told them, Go show yourself to the priest. Now, watch it. And it came to pass that as they went, they were cleansed. And one of them, when he saw that he was healed, <clears throat> turned back and with a loud voice glorified God <clears throat> and fell down on his face at his feet, giving him thanks. And he was a Samaritan. And Jesus answering said, Were there not ten cleansed? Well, where are the nine? There are not found that return to give glory to God, save this stranger. And he said unto him, Arise, go thy way, thy faith hath made thee whole. There's a lot of goodies in this. Let us pray. Dear Heavenly Father, I pray in Jesus' name. <clears throat> you'll lead, guide, and direct my lips of clay to present words of wisdom we need to hear tonight. May your will be done in all of our lives tonight. May we be more thankful than we ever have been before after this message today. In Jesus' name, amen. <clears throat> All right, now concerning leprosy. Leprosy was a disease that many of the Jews supposed to be a punishment of sin and a mark of God's displeasure. They actually thought that leprosy indicated that people who had leprosy had sinned and it caused leprosy to be the case. Sometimes that's true. Sometimes it isn't. However, you remember Miriam, Moses' sister? She was uh, hit with, with leprosy all of a sudden by God because of her actions, etc. But uh, that's another story. But anyway, sometimes that's true. Sometimes it isn't. All right, now look at verses 11 and 12 very carefully. It came to pass, now watch it that he went to Jerusalem. Now remember, Jerusalem is down in Judea. That he passed through the midst of Samaria and Galilee. Now before I read verse number 2 now, let me give you kind of a diagram of this. Gal this is Palestine. Galilee is right here. Samaria is right here. Judea is right here where Jerusalem is the capital. Got it? Now, the problem is Samaria in the middle is a place that's half-breeds. They're Samaritans in the sense that they're half-Jew, half-Gentile. The Jews hated them. The Gentiles hated them, too. You ever watch these Westerns on TV? Anybody that's a half-breed Indian, uh, they have such dislike for them. Uh, that should never be. But anyway, that's the case. So a lot of times when people were going <clears throat> from Galilee to get down here to Judea, they would come to Samaria and go way over here to the Jordan River on the west side and go down that way, bypassing Samaria, and then come on in to Judea. In, now, sometimes Jesus would do that, too. As a matter of fact, in this case, he did. 
But you remember, though, there was one time in John chapter 4 where he actually went through Samaria itself and came across that lady at the well who was a Samaritan. Remember that? Okay, we'll refer to that later on. But that's not the basic of the story. Anyway, he came into, not to Samaria per se, but over here to the Jordan River on the west side of Samaria, came that way and then into Judea. That was the way most of the Jews went. And it was somewhere in there that he came across a certain village where these ten lepers are. And as he entered into a certain village, now watch it here, there met him ten men that were lepers, which stood afar off. That is very important. Now, it says here that Jesus met. That means that he encountered them unexpectedly. Uh, it just wasn't expected to meet these guys. They were at a far off. It's not doesn't mean that they came together and met and close by and shook hands and all that. And that was a no-no. You don't do that with lepers. So that wasn't the case. They were afar off at such a distance from Jesus that he had not noticed them until they called for him. Now here's something I want you to see in my first point. Sin. We're going to relate this leprosy with sin. First of all, sin is separated from Jesus or separation from Jesus. That's what it is. You know you are dead in your trespasses and sins if you're lost and undone without the Lord God. What that means is you've got to understand what death is. A lot of people don't know what death means. Technically, death means separation. That's what it means. When you die, your spirit separates from your body. If you die lost, you experience a second death which indicates that you're separated from God. If you die saved, you know the Lord Jesus Christ, then that means you are dead to sin, which means separated from sin and unto the Lord God. So keep that in mind as you, as you cons consider this, that leprosy in essence could represent the situation with sin. They stood afar off. Oh, by the way, something else you need to take note of. Remember that this episode in the Gospel of Luke took place before the church came into being on the day of Pentecost. This happened before. That means that these folks in this particular time, including these lepers, were under the law. And the law had certain stipulations concerning those who had leprosy. So you have to remember that also. So we're following the law, and even Jesus was following the law, and I will show you that in just a moment. Now, the Greek word for leper or leprosy was used for various diseases affecting the skin. Lepers were not allowed to dwell in the city. They couldn't dwell in the city. The law demanded that they be isolated from the rest of the people. Now, we learned that from Leviticus chapter 13, verses 45 and 46. It says, And the leper in whom the plague is, his clothes shall be rent, his head bare, and he shall put a covering upon his upper lip. Kind of reminds you of these silly masks we're having to wear. And shall cry, Unclean, unclean. All the days wherein the plague shall be in him, he shall be defiled. And that means foul or contaminated. 
Now, Leviticus goes on to say, he is unclean, he shall dwell alone without the camp or outside the camp, what that means, and shall his habitation be. That was the law, and they were following the dictates of the law as recorded for us in the book of Leviticus. Now, in a spiritual sense, now listen to me carefully, this is what you've got to get. In a spiritual sense, this is like sin. One is, is separated from God. The person who doesn't know Christ Jesus as his or her personal Savior is separated from God. He may go to church. He may have been baptized. He may claim to be a Christian and not really be. But he is separated from God because of his sin. So leprosy could be transmitted, by the way, by contact. That's why they had to be afar off. It could be contacted or contracted if you got close to these lepers. So that's why they had to keep separated. Now you say, well, what's that got to do with sin? Now watch it. The sinner spreads his sin wherever he goes. He's contaminated by sin. Let me give you an illustration, if I may. I was a cook in the Marine Corps, and we had what we call messmen that worked there at, with the cooks. Now, I was a cook, and we had several others that were cooks and some bakers. But we had these messmen who were people in the Army, they call them KP. In the Marine Corps, it's called messmen. By the way, Gomer Pyle, that is not so. Uh, they, they say KP. It's not KP in the Marine Corps, but in the Army it is. But that's what these wet messmen are. They just got out of boot camp, and they're getting ready to go to wherever they're supposed to go. So in the meantime, they help us cooks here in the galley, okay? Now, one time there was one of these, oh, by the way, these messmen lived with us uh, in the barracks. So we didn't have any privacy. About 100 people lived in that one barracks. But that's neither here nor there. But anyway, one of these uh, messmen came up to me. Had, he had a glass of orange juice. And he asked me if I'd like to have some orange juice. He, he was going to offer me some of his juice. I suspected that there was something in there along with the orange juice. <laughs> I said, I don't think so. I don't remember his name, by the way. I don't think so. He said, oh, come on, it's just orange juice. So I smelled it. It smelled like orange juice. It was all right. So, all right, I took it. I don't usually drink after people, but anyway, I took it, and I took a sip. That is the burniest orange juice I ever had. <laughs> Burned all the way down. Was that, was, I don't know if that was, was that vodka? I don't know anything about alcoholic beverages, but it burned all the way down. I could have killed him. Now, what I'm trying to say is, while he was indulging himself in that sin, he was enticing me to do the same thing. Sinners do that. There was one time I was talking to somebody about marijuana. They used marijuana. Of course, I was against it. But anyhow, he said, you ought to try it. He did. He said that you ought to try it because how do you know what it's going to do to you if you don't give it a try? Well, that sounds logical, doesn't it? Well, I, I was smart enough not to fall for that nonsense. But anyway, they will do that. They will entice you to go along with them in their sin. And folks, we have to be cautious, careful about that kind of stuff. And that's why they were afar off. 
They had to be separated, the lepers did. Now, when it comes to sinful folks, they are separated from God. And they are afar off from Christ Jesus. Follow? Do you follow what I'm trying to say here? I just want you to see what sin is like. All right, now look at verse 13. We'll find their cry for mercy. And they lifted up their voices and said, Jesus, Master, have mercy on us. Now this shows man's weakness, which becomes God's opportunity to help these men with disgracefulness and shame. You see, the psalmist wrote in Psalm 123 and verse 3, he said, Have mercy on us, O Lord, have mercy upon us, for we are exceedingly filled with contempt. The word contempt is the state of being despised in shame and disgrace. People who are living in sin are in that kind of situation. They're living in disgrace. Now, sometimes they don't know it. And the way the world is, the world puts it up on a pedestal, as you know. Why is that? Because the world is sinful. And by the way, now I hate to tell you this, but it's the truth. There are more people going to hell than going to heaven. By far. We're in the minority, if you're saved. I kid you not. All right. Now, even Daniel in the Old Testament pleaded for mercy on behalf of Israel, who had done so wickedly. You know, Daniel prayed for Israel. I mean he prayed hard. Folks, we need to pray for the United States of America. Our politicians have gone nuts. The entertainment world is just absolutely crazy. Even the, the world of sports. Now, I never was big on sports anyway. Never was. Never was good at it. Never kept up with it. Didn't care about it. But a lot of people do, and that's fine. But I've noticed that a lot of people who have enjoyed these sports are moving away from it because of some of the foolishness that's going on. Have you noticed that? Uh, it's getting worse and worse and worse. So we need to be uh, <clears throat> praying for America as Daniel prayed for Israel. Now listen to what Daniel said. Daniel 9, verse 16. He said, O Lord, according to all thy righteousness, I beseech thee, let thine anger and thy fury be turned away from thy city Jerusalem. You can almost see the tears in his eyes as he, as he says this. Thy holy mountain, because for our sins. Now, by the way, Daniel was not really in, involved in all that nonsense that Israel was, but he included himself in it. So when you pray for America, you will pray, Lord, forgive us of our sins. Include yourself. Daniel did that, by the way. He said, because for our sins and for the iniquities of our fathers, Jerusalem and thy people are become a reproach to all that are about us. Should we not be praying for America the same way Daniel did for Israel? God saw their misery. He remembered his mercy. Oh, I'm so glad he remembered his mercy. God is righteous when he extends his mercy to us. Why is that? Because Jesus Christ has fully paid all the penalty for our sin. 
if we could just get that embedded into our hearts and into our minds that Jesus has paid the price for your sins. All you need to do when the Holy Spirit calls you, you come, repent, accept Christ as your personal Savior. You become born again and then live for the Lord Jesus Christ with your faith geared toward Jesus Christ and him alone. Incidentally, he's the only, only, only way of salvation. No other. None. Got it? The world doesn't believe that. I've had arguments with people for that, and I've learned just to back off. You can't talk to them. They're, they're crazy. All you can do is pray for them that they'll come to know the Lord Jesus Christ and be saved. Now, these lepers referred to Jesus as master. Note that. Which that means an appointee over or a commander or a teacher. So they recognized who Jesus was. So they realized that if they wanted their healing, Jesus was the way to get it. Sinners who need to be saved, and they all do, Jesus is certainly the only way. Now, thirdly, I want you to see verse number 14. The necessity of obedience. Now remember, at this time, they were under the law. Okay, verse 14, now which, watch it. And when he saw them, the he here is the pronoun referring to Jesus. When he saw them, he said unto them, Go show yourselves unto the priests. And it came to pass that as they went, they were cleansed. Now here's what I want you to see. He told them to go show yourself to the priest. He didn't heal them immediately. He wanted to see how obedient they would be to the law. And sure enough, all ten of them started to head towards the priest. Now there's something else I want you to see here. Luke 17, 14 says that as they went, they were cleansed. So they left Jesus, started going towards the priest as Jesus told them to do. And they received their cleansing as they were going. Take note, he didn't heal them immediately at that moment, at that time. He may have detected a real core of faith in these guys, uh, which would be strengthened by the challenge to go. So Christ healed them as they moved to obey his orders. By the way, it's very important that we obey the Lord Jesus Christ. Y'all sing that song once in a while, Trust and Obey, don't you? The next time you sing that song, pay attention to the words. It's a gorgeous song. You trust and obey. You don't just trust and that's it. You do both, trust and obey. It took faith on their part to go to the priests. So sinners who are defiled with leprosy of sin should put forth faith in the Lord Jesus Christ and obey his commands. All right, now the, fifth, the next thing, the fourth thing I want you to see is in verse 15, glorifying God. In verse 15, it says, And one of them, when he saw that he was healed, he turned back and with a loud voice glorified God. So nine of them pursued on towards the priest. However, this particular one, the tenth one, saw that he was healed. And instead of going to the priest, 
Now, by the way, he's not disobeying Christ. I'll show you that in just a little bit, so hang on. He turned around and came back to the Lord Jesus to glorify the Lord God. You see that in verse 15? That's what he did. The Samaritan didn't go to the priest as of yet, but he will. But he returned to glorify the Lord and to worship at Jesus' feet. Should we not do that ourselves? We should do that on a daily basis, incidentally. I don't know about you. Um, I'm in the same boat as Paul. I have to repent every day. Did you know that? And more than likely, you do too, because don't we all go through life? Somewhere or another, we mess up as we are going through life. Why is that? Because you're still in the flesh. Uh, now, we don't, we're not supposed to be living in sin in the sense of being habitually sinning. However, it is possible and it's very probable that you do sin from time to time uh, in, our, in our daily walk with the Lord Jesus. As a matter of fact, Bobby and I have talked about that a lot. He calls me on the phone every now and then, or I'll call him. And we've been doing that a lot lately. Sometimes he keeps me up late at night. Uh, no, I'm just kidding. No, I'm, I'm only kidding. I'm only kidding. Really and truly, I appreciate the calls. And we talk about this stuff. And he admits, as I do, that we do sin sometimes. And we get disgusted and with ourselves because of that sin. So we go and ask God to forgive us. And aren't you glad he shows mercy and he's willing to forgive? That's the Lord God we serve. So it says here that he fell down on his face at his feet, at the feet of Jesus. Now, this is kind of an illustration of what is to take place eventually during the church age, which would happen in, in some, just some time later. Uh, in the sense that, that we just come to the Lord God and we're not any longer under the dictates of the law because Jesus has fulfilled the law, so therefore we're not under the law as such. Now that doesn't mean we totally disregard it. We, we take note the Ten Commandments are, are still something we ought to follow as best we can, but we're not able to follow them as they are written as we should. So therefore, the grace of God carries us through, but Jesus has fulfilled the law. <clears throat> now, when Jesus saw the woman at the well, if you remember that, that was back in John chapter 4, verse 23 and 24. That was when he was going from Galilee to Jerusalem. And instead of going around Samaria, he went through Samaria and came across that lady at the well. Here's what he said. But the hour cometh, or is coming, and now is when the true worshipers shall worship the Father in spirit and in truth. For the Father seeks, seeketh such to worship him. God is a spirit, and they that worship him must worship him in spirit and in truth. Now, what does it mean to glorify God? To glorify God is to honor him and praise him and worship him. Should we not be doing that all the time? And now, fifthly, I want you to see the thankfulness to God. Verse 16 fell down on his face at his feet, giving him thanks, and he was a Samaritan. Now, the first duty of sinners, after having been forgiven of their sins, is to consecrate himself to the service of the Lord Jesus Christ and give him thanks. 
I hope you pray, when you do pray, that you include in your prayers a prayer of thanksgiving to the Lord God. He should then go to others with evidence that he has been cleansed. You ask God to thank you for your having saved me. And then you go and you spread the word to others. When I visited Josh back in Thanksgiving, I drove to Knoxville, Tennessee to be with my son, Josh. He happens to be living with two guys in the house. I had the opportunity to speak to one of his housemates alone on the back porch of that house. And he gave me the opportunity, I'm so thankful I had this privilege, to tell him what Jesus has done for me. And my emphasis was not on myself, but rather on the Lord Jesus Christ. I gave him a track. I asked him to please take that track and read it eventually. Whether he did or not, I do not know. Uh, so I pray that he will come to know the Lord Jesus Christ and be saved. I pray my son will do the same thing and also the other guy. But God gave me the privilege of speaking to one of his housemates. And what a privilege that was. And, and, and it's, it's great to be able to take the opportunity to do that. And all you got to do really is just tell people what Jesus has done for you. You're not the same as you used to be. Sin was your life at one time. Now, it doesn't mean anything to you. You don't care about sin. It's just, it's just sickening to you. And whenever you do sin, the Holy Spirit deals with your heart, convicts you, and, and causes you to come and repent, ask him to forgive you. And then you do, he does. Then you thank him for it. Now I want you to see something very important. In verses 17 to 19, then we'll be finished. Verse 17, and Jesus answering said, now watch this please. Were there not ten cleansed? But where are the nine? There are not found that return to give glory to God, save this stranger, this Samaritan. That's another reason why I think the other nine were Jews. But that doesn't matter. And he said unto him, now look at this. Arise, go thy way. Now that means you go now to the priest because they're still under the law. Now watch it. So he tells this one guy, you go ahead and go to the priest to get your certificate to indicate you've been healed of your leprosy. And he went on to say here, thy faith hath made thee whole. That man got saved that day. He received his healing of his leprosy. And he also got saved. Now what the other happened to the other nine, I don't know. The Bible doesn't say. I guess they just went to the priest, got their certificate of cleansing, and then they were able to go back into the society uh, as un, not being lepers anymore. But this man obeyed the Lord God. He went on to the priest like Jesus told him to. <clears throat> and he told him, thy faith hath made thee whole. We are to praise God in the community. Let me close with Psalm 95, verses 1 and 2. It makes this statement. O come, let us sing unto the Lord. Let us make a joyful noise to the rock of our salvation. Let us come before his presence with thanksgiving and make a joyful noise unto him with psalms. Isn't that great? I, I, I like this uh, verse because it says, it doesn't say sing on key. It says make a joyful noise unto the Lord. Now some of you are able to sing 
and you do it beautifully and you stay on key and make a joyful noise all at the same time. That's marvelous. That's great. That's good. It seems like whenever I sing, uh, I get a little off key sometimes. And of course, I have my own route. I do my own thing. And by the way, I try not, if I, if I buy a CD with, with a song on it that I want to learn and learn how to sing it, I do my best to try to find one that does not have backup singers. And the reason for that is sometimes they have the tendency to come in too late or not come in soon enough. <laughs> so I, I'd rather not have that. I just sing all by my own self. And if I mess up, I mess up and keep on going. Make a joyful noise unto the Lord.